comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To most people, I'm an assistant at CatCo Worldwide Media. But in secret, I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. How often can you say you've been changed? Really changed by a party? Hey everybody, welcome back. Happy 2016, we got a new opening to the show. It's episode 50, uh, we have some new, uh, we have the premiere episodes of all, all so many shows. All of our shows have, have their uh, are back from their holiday breaks, uh, plus a, a new uh, member of the, uh, the DC TV podcast fold, Legends of Tomorrow, made its premiere. We had a really big trailer drop, we had a big uh, special about the Dawn of the Justice League. So much stuff to cover, and I'm so glad I have uh, two... Uh, of the best people I know on podcasting to help me do it. First of all, uh, Windshot's personal life coach, Mr. Richard Sheldon. Yes, yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. And Vandal Savage's personal buyer and stylist. Uh-oh. Miss Jerry Atkinson. Jerry, 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 Jerry. So now the first time you're on, you're a special guest. And the second time you're on, you're a guest. Now you're uh, what returning guest? Um, I don't know. I've, at this point, I have to get up and get my own goddamn beer. How's that? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> soon, soon we might have to sign her on as a series regular. Yeah, that's how I ended up on Nothing's On. Actually, they had me on a few times as a guest, and it's like, yeah, what the hell? Come back. I'm like, okay. Right. And like a barnacle, I never left. So, just clap to the side of that of the, that podcasting ship, but we're not here to talk about podcasting history in the making. Oh no, we're talking about DC TV, and there's a lot of it <laughs> to talk about. Man, wow! Um, first off, just off the top, off the top here, I just want to get out of the way. Um, we had the uh, the, the Suicide uh, Squad trailer drop uh, during that uh, Dawn of the Justice League uh, special that came right after the Flash. Um, it was hosted by like, Kevin Smith and Jeff Johns, and I, Kevin Smith. Don't get me wrong, I love Kevin Smith. Okay, I like Clerks. Uh, I've been to the, the Secret Stash comic book store. You know, I thought Clerks the cartoon was hilarious. You know. Oh yeah. A lot, a lot of you know. I, 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 I saw him actually, you know, do his thing at Kent State. You know, where he's, you know, he's talking, you know, telling stories of his, of his, you know, uh, professional life or whatever, and, and I, I think he's awesome. But this whole thing of him as like being the ambassador to comic book geekdom is kind of getting along in the tooth for me. 
I have to. I mean, I didn't even get. I haven't seen that special yet. I, you put it on our Facebook, though. I think so. I'm gonna yeah, if anybody wants to see like the special, that. who missed it? By the way, it's not available on Hulu or anything, but uh, it is on YouTube, and I did post a, 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 a YouTube link on our Facebook group, the DC TV Podcast. So. So, yeah, I think because my DVR had to wrestle out so many things recording at once, I ended up with that Captain America special that ABC had. So well, that was good, too. I'm halfway through it. I was watching it right before we got on to record. That was good. So, um, but uh, I have to – I mean, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. He's, he's what made me realize that any schmuck can make a film and, and that you, you go out and create things. He's also somebody that made me – not just tolerant, but accepting of people that were different than me because I didn't grow up that way. And Chasing Amy really did that for me. There's a lot I owe to Kevin Smith in my life. I really, really do, you know, practically worship the work, his body of work. However, I listen to his podcast or Smodcasts all the time, and it's gotten to where every single episode, every single time he's on being interviewed on anybody else's podcast or on TV or anywhere, it's the same stories over and over and over again. Hey, dude, smoke the weed. Go right ahead. But if you're going to not remember that you've told this story a thousand times, that's where he's getting long in the tooth for me. And I have to agree, he's kind of out of touch with comics right now. You know, the last we saw from him was his never pick back up series as here's, Batman. Here's what annoys me the most about it, okay? Um, yeah. You have like three, all your major progenitors of like geek culture lately have been uh, Kevin Smith, a uh, white male. Uh, Chris Hardwick, white male. Chris Hardwick, yeah. Patton Oswalt, white male. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of capable female and people of color who know just as much about this stuff and could present it in a more interesting way. And right. especially, I mean, DC coming at us with a more diverse lineup in the Justice League, you know, um, than, than we saw in the Avengers or what have you. Um, I really think they would want to touch on that. You know what I mean? And a lot of these storylines that they're using, you know, I mean, a lot of the influence, I mean, I don't know. I I think they would want to go with somebody a little more, I don't want to say hipper, but somebody a little more in tune than than Kevin Smith. But I guess he's kind of like the go-to guy when it comes to comics uh, because of Comic Book Man or what have you. Yeah, and I mean, I get that, but... I mean, I don't know if you ever listened to We Talk Comics with... Mike Zapsick and Ming Chen there from the Secret Stash, but I mean, you know, Zapsick's another white male, but Ming Chen is, you know, Oriental or Asian or whatever, you, you know, of d- descent. And I mean, he's very knowledgeable. Um, he could present this stuff, and he's very like. There's a lot of people that could have chosen other than Kevin Smith to do this. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Whether well, you know, I'm you know, right. I'm gonna go one further and not just say it's. Because he's out of tune or because he's a white man, but is it just me or does it seem like every time I see Kevin Smith or Chris Hardwick open their mouth, they're selling something? Yes. It's self promotion. Yeah. I get it. Right. We're yeah. doing other stuff. Yeah. But you know what? Right now, we're here with you about this. Can we focus on, I don't know, this <laughs> right now? Yeah. Just... Now, 
now I have to give Chris Hardwick uh, some props, though. I don't know if you, if you regularly listen to the Nerdist, but I do, and he 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 realized that very thing about wow. I don't know, about a year ago that he does that and he doesn't do anything for his audience that you know buys his product or whatever. That's crazy because that's when I dropped out is about a year ago. So he started he he started something called the Community Court Board, which you can go to their website and you can post up anything. And he goes on him and Katie that runs the thing and all the guests they go on and they pick one and at the beginning of the show they read off that. So he's you know, it's basically promoting his his audience's creations and stuff too. So he's like, so since I'm gonna shill things to you, I'm gonna also shill your stuff in appreciation for that. So that's, that's kind of cool. That's cool. Maybe yeah. I should have stopped listening. I shouldn't have stopped listening. I just, you know, I just figured, you know, WB, they have like this big push. They have like uh, exclusive interview stuff in the, in the special with like Zack Snyder and Jason Momoa. And, um, uh, they have like the, uh, the footage, the first footage of wonder woman mm-hmm. that we've seen so far. And yep. it, it looked pretty badass. Um, they also, like I said, yeah, it looked great so far. I mean, they only showed like what a clip, barely a clip, right? But uh, what they showed looked really cool. I'm hoping they kind of make her like the Thor of the group. You know what I mean? Like because her her origins are tied in myth and everything, right? Well, and I'm hoping that they use a lot of the stuff. I think we talked about it before, but from Azarello's run from the New Fifty Two, because. That that's probably my favorite telling of Wonder Woman's origin and everything, and how how much more how much more it tied it to mythology and stuff. It was just very well done. Okay. But uh, and then we uh, then we end up seeing and I just you know I'm not too, like I said I don't want to make this a bashing of Kevin Smith. I just thought they could have found someone a little more interesting to to present. You know, this yeah, is a no, huge this is a huge deal for them. I mean, this is like. Launching their whole cinematic universe is going to be. So who would you suggest they get? Just out of curiosity, do you have anybody? I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. I I I agree with you, but like, who else would you get? Well, omnipresent lately, or I don't know. Maybe somebody from one of the movies. (laughs) Yeah. What about you know? um, Although since she's doing Marvel now, or it's Fox, but still, you know, Olivia Munn. She's not exactly in touch either, but it's different. It's a you know, female. Jessica Chobot, you know, could have done. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of people could have done. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, Kevin Smith is just, it's just, I don't know. And yeah, and no matter how played out a lot of his stuff is, I still am a fan and I still follow his work. And I mean, shoot, Smodcast is more funny to me to listen to Scott Mosier, his old producer, than him. So. Right. <laughs> I, I like them two together, too. Yeah, they are fighting together. But anyway, uh, the but at the very end of the special, they had the, uh, the well, well as the special went on, they had like I said an interview with Momoa. They showed a lot of production art, like a lot of the production art from Aquaman. That because I mean that's pretty much all they have so far, really. You know, they're still working on a script. Um, you know, they just got a director with Justin Yin or whatever. Uh, but they showed a lot of the production art. That they interviewed the guy who's going to be playing Cyborg. They had production art from that. Um, Ezra Miller from The Flash, um, just like little short interviews as they spotlight spotlight each character. Then they made you know, their official announcement, quote unquote, of the Green Lantern Corps movie, and the production art from that yep. showed Hal Jordan and John Stewart. 
uh, front, front and center in the art. So, I mean, it should have been a space movie the first time. Exactly. <laughs> we, We've we, talked about that. I mean, before, we talked about but, that before. Yeah. But I mean, it, that's what they are. It's just, they're space cops, and we spent most of that movie on Earth. So, yeah. And then uh, we've ended up with the uh, the the Suicide Squad trailer, which personally I loved. I thought it was great. I love the Queen. first of all they're playing Queen, so you got me there. Okay, I love Queen, and they, they it's a really good use of that song. And they're like these little. I totally agree. I mean, good, and seeing seeing Jared Leto in that tux with the Tommy gun, like it's oh, so yeah. oh, such yeah. an iconic look for the Joker. I'm just like, aha! Finally, here's a Joker I know. <laughs> But um, yeah, beautiful. I mean, there was I'm lots excited. of explosions and stuff. Yeah, and ship blew up. Lots of, lots of stuff. There. Yeah. And Harley Quinn looks and sounds awesome. I, there's that weird clip in there of of like, you know how the Joker like became the Joker by falling into that vat of, uh, of chemicals or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. there's a scene in the trailer where it looks like Joker's like almost baptizing Harley. In that right, chemical bath or whatever. It was really weird. It was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. But we get to see more of Killer Croc and El Diablo and uh, and Captain Boomerang, who I guess is just flat out insane in this episode. This version. <laughs> they zip it, him out of that Ziploc bag and he's just swinging at everybody within the... <laughs> so. I don't know. I, I just... I just am... I was so excited for this film to begin with, and I've been eating up everything, every little bit that we've gotten from it. And then just to see this, it's just, I'm so more excited for this film. I hope I'm not building it up too much in my mind to where I get disappointed, because I'm telling you, everything I see in here has me so excited. And that trailer was so awesome, and I agree, such a great use of a Queen song. So, very well. Okay. What, uh, unless anybody has anything else to say, let's move on to our uh, television shows for the week. Let's. Uh, we are going to start with Supergirl, Season 1, Episode 10. Uh, Childish Things, in which we are going to meet Wynn's dad. And hey. have Wynn give Karen an awkward kiss. That doesn't turn out very well. <laughs> I, I have to say that this was... I had some creepy chills in a couple of scenes in this episode. The, the, well, the opening hit, scene where he escapes. Well, yeah, yeah. With that razor blade, like, phantasm yo-yo or whatever. Yeah. That was pretty badass. It's, um, it's interesting how they're able to make, like, the toy man something menacing and creepy when, usually, you know, in the comics it's just kind of a, you know, right. Like, I really in the animated like series. They version. did it. They did that version with like the he had like the oversized mascot head. You know, you never saw his real right. face, and that was kind right. of cool. But I really like this version too. I agree. And they, I mean, they went with Henry Zerny, who's like a character actor who's been around forever and ever. He was on uh, that show Revenge. Right. Uh, he played the bad guy on that as well, but yep. he plays a really good creepy guy. Uh Winslow shot Senior, a.k.a. the Toy Man, who um, blew up a whole bunch of people to get revenge on him, you know, getting some patents stolen for toys. Um, and Bob, there was a, a bomb that was meant for his boss, but the assistant opened the package, and it blew up and ended up killing, like, dozens of people. Um, Winslow shot Senior, it's Win's dad, breaks out, of, uh, breaks out of maximum security by using this 
really cool bladed yo-yo. Um, I, I, I thought he might use that the whole episode, but he only used it in that part. He had that's, that's one crazy prison shiv. Yeah, or, um, it almost reminded me of, uh, you remember Kill Bill, Go-Go? Oh, yeah. yeah. That, like, yo-yo of death she had. It was it was kind of reminiscent of that. Uh, the FBI show up at Catco and start questioning Wynn. But, you know, Wynn's like, of course not. Well, you know, I don't want to talk to my dad. He's insane. He killed people. You know, it's not really that, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm no way close to him at all. But then after they kind of uh, leave, the FBI kind of leaves. Uh, he confides in care that his dad did leave him a doll. Uh, with a, with a, uh, a message in it, you know, like when you pull the string and talk to him. And uh, just to point this out really quick, the doll that he's holding that his dad left him mm-hmm. was uh, the Toy Man from the old Legion of Doom in the Super Friends cartoon. Wow. With those curly, like, jester yeah. spikes and everything. Yeah. I'm, I didn't really pay that close attention. I'll have to go back and I saw it because I'm watching the episode. I'm like... It's a Toy Man doll. That's so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, the, the doll that his dad leaves him is a doll of the Toy Man from the old Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, you know, he shows care of the doll and says, you know, he, his dad wants to meet him where they at their favorite place. And then uh, Kara talks him into uh, you know, telling the feds about it. While all this is going on, Lucy gets offered a job by Cat as a general counsel. We have a really weird conversation. <laughs> about Very, how, very strange. That was a weird conversation. I don't know. About how, you know, you know, are you offering me a job? Is this a job interview? I'm not sure. What, you know, what have you. Um, it, it was just odd. But she ended up, uh, at the end of the conversation, being the new general counsel for Capco, and I guess part of the, the main cast now that she's moving to National City or whatever. Well, she and now... Of, do you agree with Kara and whatnot that Kat should have checked with Jimmy before doing that? Because I don't. I mean, she's the boss, she, you know, and I thought that was kind of strange that it's like, well, you should check with Jimmy. This is Kat Grant. She doesn't give a shit. Yeah. About Absolutely feelings. not. But she's doing such so. Machiavellian things. I mean, I could tell as soon as she was offering but not offering her the job and like oh she's trying to totally push the issue make but make jimmy and lucy so uncomfortable they stop dating so car can have a chance i mean right Right. so apparent you know (laughs) she's already told her she knows you know i know you're in love with jimmy or what she's already said it multiple times like maybe when you guys figure this out you know so yeah she's trying to force the issue because this is her world you're right she doesn't have to check with anyone not only that, but if she wants to start little Machiavellian games and watch the outcome, she can because it's Cat's company. <laughs> Wynn gets uh, a wire put on him by the FBI and agrees to meet his dad, you know, under surveillance. Uh, he goes to the arcade where his dad uh, and he used to you know, hang out when he was a kid. And he picks up a doll and says, I love you. Do you love me? And that's kind of what his dad is asking him again. But it's also like what he ends up asking Kara. You know, when he tries to kiss her or whatever, it's kind right. of double meaning there. Um, he finds his dad, and, you know, his dad is, like, trying to talk him into, like, joining him, you know, join me, and uh, father and son, we will rule the toy galaxy type situation. But uh, Wynn's not having it, you know, he's like, you know, you, you murdered all those people when I was 11 years old, you robbed me of my childhood, blah, blah, blah. The cops move in, and it turns out the toy man isn't there, it's just a holographic pro- projection. Surprise, surprise. Right. But, of course, in, in good supervillain fashion, after only being out of prison for like a few hours, he's able to set up a toxic 
gas death trap in the arcade. Oh, <laughs> oh any number of fun house oh, tricks. Of course. <laughs> and Super, works, right? <laughs> Supergirl shows up and saves everybody. And she delivers my favorite line from the whole piece, I don't normally inhale. Right. <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I was like, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I mean, is National City in Colorado? Mm. <laughs> I was hoping so. <laughs> um, Wynn's worried that the FBI are going to kill his dad. And so, you know, he pleads with Kara to help him find, her for, uh, f- help him find him first. Um, the, but Kara summons, uh, gets summoned back to the office. Cat realize, you know, calls Kara into it because she realized that the toy man's son is working for her and he wants, and she wants an interview with him. She wants to set him down for an interview. Uh, about the last thing Wynn wants to do. Right. Um, they, after doing some backwards detective work, they figure out that, uh, his dad, his dad's hanging out in an old toy warehouse. Typical. <laughs> And uh, Supergirl gets trapped in quicksand out there, but she uses her freeze breath and frees herself. But by the time she does so, uh, Winslow Shot Senior's already fled. I I get because for the for the plot of the whole thing, but Superman, Supergirl, what have you, Kryptonians, they. I don't think that quicksand has enough right. power to hold them down. What is the G's so, on quicksand as opposed to what they're capable of? Right. I just, I, that, I was like, really? That kind of, that kind of took me out of it there for a minute. Cause I just was like that. Just, I'm not buying it. So. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But that being said, but it was super duper quicksand. Super I don't know about you guys. When I was growing up, I was pretty much sure there was going to be lots of quicksand in my future just from watching TV. I know. It's always on TV, man. I mean, Gilligan's <laughs> Island, there was quicksand. Brady Bunch, we were some quicksand. You know, everybody everybody gets stuck in quicksand. Every special, before they jumped the shark, they got the quicksand. <laughs> yeah, man. Everybody's been I mean, even like Carol Burnett had quicksand and stuff. All the cool people have been quicksand. <laughs> Now the quicksand and Brady Bunch because that was the the Hawaii two part episode yeah. with Vincent Price. That's correct. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, with a little that evil tiki time with the tiki. Yes, Greg to have that surfing accident. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Brady Bunch Hawaii podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta love me some Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That's all that was on when they only had three channels. Yep. <laughs> Without you know, without flashback scenes, this was maybe my favorite origin story on Supergirl because it really shows how when you know why he is the way he is. Why would he be so willing to help Kara and put himself in these crazy situations and go out on limb and you know risk his job because he's trying to make up for his messed up dad? Of course he is. Well, it's also the fact that he's hopelessly in love with Kara. Yeah, but why is he hopelessly in love with Kara? Because he's everything his dad wasn't. So yeah. it, it kind of it makes it make to me it cements the relationship first of all because now they both know that they're they're kind of going through the same thing. She has her aunt that's you know the chick that wants to rule the earth kind of, and she ha- he has his dad that's you know bug nuts crazy and doesn't care about killing innocent people as long as he gets his little revenge. So well, when when you have children that are raised in the shadow of of criminal parents and especially something like that, they I, tend to cling to the light. They look they whatever seems 
whether it's true or not, their perception of good, they're going to gravitate it to like a moth to flame. And that's what he's that's what he's doing, Kara. Because it, you it, see for the first time, literally, not just the in love with her, but why? Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, is he really in love with her or is he in love with the idea of the idea of her? I, it's got to be the idea of her. They really don't have that much in common. They're, and they're too goofy together. You can't have two goofy people in a relationship. Sorry, it just it doesn't work out. You, need you know, me, me and all my past ex-goofy girlfriends disagree, but okay. <laughs> um, sorry, are they past? Yeah, X and past. So. Well, that's what I was saying. That's because I can't deprive all the rest of the women of the world, you know, by settling with just one. But anyway, um, unless, it's, <laughs> unless it's Felicity. Oh, Felicity. Oh. You're anyway. going to edit all this out. Why do you do this to me? Why? <laughs> oh, I have to go on. back and listen for three because, minutes. Because, one, you might forget to edit it out. And, two, if you do edit it out, it's going to end up in a blooper episode. I'm going to so. leave it in. I'm going to leave it in this time. <laughs> so there. there you go. Um, while the stuff that's going on with Toy Man, uh, Alex and Hank are trying to figure out what the hell Max Lord is doing and what he's go- is going on there. Um, Alex is hip to, you know, uh, him being, uh, John Jones and Alex keeps telling Hank, you know, you'd do so much more if you were, you know, the Martian Manhunter. And he's like, look, man, I got hunted down for 50 years. There's no way I'm going to use my powers now, but she ends up talking into going, uh, covert into Lord Technologies. Uh, he breaks in, uh, is able to get into the room with the world, a weird, like demonized girl that we've seen in a few episodes now. It's like yeah. locked down in the basement of Lord uh, uh, Tech. But he's unable to... Uh, um, a guard is kind of... kind of gets wise to the fact that it's not actually Maxwell Lord. Uh, Hank has to stop him. And unfortunately, kind of has to wipe his mind. Oopsies. And I really bought that pain that he felt for having to do that. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's, like, guilty about it for the rest of the, the episode. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, you can tell that this, well, he, he, it's not the first time he's done it, and he definitely doesn't want to do it again. Right. But he's still, they still haven't figured out what is going on with the girl in there, and they aren't able to free him. Um. He just, he, but he explains to he explains you know about to uh, to Alex about what he's trying you know, that the mind powers he has and he he feels like he loses a part of himself anytime he becomes you know the Martian Manhunter kind of you know goes into someone else's head, which is an interesting way to like I don't think we've ever seen that kind of spin on his powers before, maybe like in a you know in a, like a, a way where he was like overwhelmed by a greater mind but not like a part right. of the way where he was like you know shaken to the core every time he used his power. So that's interesting. Um, uh, while this is going on, Alex is having dinner with Maxwell Lord to keep him occupied. Same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you I'm, wouldn't see that as a distraction. Right. You wouldn't say, hmm, this is weird. Yeah. Right. What a coincidence. Someone mm. broke into my place while you were having dinner with me. Hmm. How about that? We get this, uh, we get the weird, as I said, the most, uh, they go back to Kira's apartment and uh, Wynn is there. They talk, and uh, he accidentally he he tries to kiss her, and she pulls away quick, quickly and embarrassed. Uh, wish when uh, also embarrassed rushes out of the apartment, and is immediately kidnapped by his dad. I really felt bad for him there, but it was awkward. 
Yeah, we've all been there, man. Yeah, we've all had the unrequited was, thing, you know. I feel like you saved him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that would have just got more awkward. I I felt weird watching that. I'm like, oh, come on. Wynn wakes up and his dad has tied to a chair and he explains to him, you know, that he's going to take this toy gun into the toy convention that happens to be going on this weekend, by the way, and uh, kill his old boss with it. And if he doesn't, Toy Man has ten bombs planted in ten toys around the convention and he will set them off if Wynn doesn't commit the murder. Uh, when, as just as Wynn walks on stage with the toy gun is about to perforate his dad's old boss, um, FBI, FBI and Supergirl arrive. Winslow Sr. is down in the basement. He sets the bomb's timers. Uh, Kara finds the ten bombs, but there's no time to get all of them. So she sets off the sprinklers, uses her freeze breath, and makes a wall of ice to separate the people from the blast. Very thinking out of the box type solution. Uh, what I liked about it, and uh, they mentioned here in the, the uh, recap too, is like she's using her powers more creatively, you know, as as the show is going on. Right. You know I mean, like she's you know she's like training. She's like trying to find new new ways to apply things to to problems. You know. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's, we, it's both all... Saw, we all saw Superman. We know Superman doesn't bother to do any of that crap. No. <laughs> level of city <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of the flash too about the way you know she's yeah. learning to use her powers and apply right as the right. flash has gone on he's learned you know more and more ways to use his speed you know uh when and kara have a heart to heart and when it's like you know is kind of freaked out after seeing his dad bottle up all those emotions and he's worried the same thing's going to happen to him you know kara doesn't want things to change she wants things the way that they are but that doesn't work for when but he doesn't know what to do now finally the episode um Ends with Kara going home and, and having one of those heart-to-hearts with Alex they usually have at the end of one of these Supergirl episodes. But it turns out that Maxwell Lord, sneaky little bastard, has put a um, tiny uh, micro camera on Alex's bag and has figured out that Alex and Supergirl are brother or are, are sisters. Our brother and sister. Our brother and sister. No, <laughs> they're, they're, I guess they're sisters. So that's There's like, another secret. So he's Alex. like, so he's like one. One step away from finding, you know, out Supergirl's uh, secret identity. And that is how we end the episode, Childish Things. I, really quick before we go on to The Flash, um, it's not the first time we've seen Maxwell Lord, obviously, but what do you think about Maxwell Lord? Because I'm not really liking the character. I don't think not, it's supposed to. I mean, but not not that way. I mean... No, I know what you're saying. He's like the most boring supervillain ever. <laughs> What right. well, <laughs> an evil corporate guy? No. But it's Is not just that. Is he's evil? Wow, I've never heard of that. It's like when he's delivering his lines, like somebody, like he's got a bug in his ear, and that someone's giving him the lines. Is I don't know. It just it, it's really. It's it's like he's eating cereal and talking at the same time. And right <laughs> there you go, there you go. And I mean, not to mention, the only other thing I remember that actor from is Can't Hardly Wait. He was Mike Dexter. And it was the same thing in that movie. It's just, he just kind of flatly delivered, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just not really getting hooked on the story with this character because he just doesn't feel menacing or villainy. Well, just feel bad and, and think, oh my God, he's such a great actor. He was also. In the Twilight Zone. <laughs> well, I would know because I don't watch crap, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> in a perfect world, none of us would. But, yeah, he's been awful forever, so. Peter Fashionelli. 
I think Peter it's Peter Fashionelli. Fashionelli. Yeah, he was in this show about. I know, two, I know like, him from somewhere, but I can't remember. Maybe, maybe he had been on Law and Order or something. It might not have been Torque. It might have been like the TV version of whatever Torque was. But yeah. he's he's done like the Rebel Guy or whatever, and I, he's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. They should put his eyes on. Buy him. I don't buy him as a genius for a second. Like he's telling me exactly. every episode how smart he is, and I just don't buy it for a second. Yeah. If you if you're really that smart, you don't have to keep telling us how smart you are. Yeah. Do smart things. Yeah. And then I'll say to yeah. myself, Hey, that guy's really smart. Look at all the smart they just stuff. Wanted he's doing. Guy to be a billionaire. That's that's what they wanted. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it's kind of a cliche villain to begin with, and it doesn't seem like he's really doing a lot with it to make it not, you know, a cliche. So, right, so, you know, he's like a bargain basement Lex Luthor without that kind of crazy edge that Luthor. He doesn't has. even have enough ego to be Lex Luthor. He's just kind of. I don't even. I don't believe anything he's saying to me, so it's hard to focus on what he says he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> just like okay. I guess this episode sure. B. I like the stuff with Wynn and his dad. That was cool. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, the Maxwell Lord stuff. I'm just. I, I kind of want to know what's going on with the girl in the basement and stuff. But I'm pretty sure that's Bizarro Supergirl. I think that's where we're going to get introduced to her. Bizarro. But yeah, I agree. I actually was just thinking right before you said that that I would give it a B. I really like the episode, but and and, and the Maxwell Lord story is probably going to be pretty good. It's just he is not selling it for me. So yeah, Mm-mm. it's funny too. Like a lot of these other shows have gotten really good because they're the the bad guys gotten better. You know what I mean? Like. Right. The first season of the Flash was so good because of Reverse Flash. Second season's been good because of Zoom and the you know the building building up of that. Arrow's been much better this season because of Damian Dark. At least the parts of Damian Dark are better. Right. You know, and now Legends of Tomorrow is like all based on how strong a villain Vandal Savage is, and that guy's pretty strong. Yeah, that's, he's a good actor. Yep. Mr. Yep. Casper Crump. I love saying his name. Casper <laughs> um, Crump. That's the guy who's playing Vandal Savage. That evil guy who looks like he's going to cut your throat out and and smile while he does it. His name is Casper Crump. But uh, Supergirl, yeah, not so much. I'm going to go B+, just because I'm going to give that plus to it. Because of the awesome fangirl, like, squee moment I had. When Martian Manhunter was, like, flying with Supergirl. And she was, they're having their, like, super bro to super bro talk and stuff. That was pretty badass. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I agree with that plus, but I would take the plus <laughs> away because of the okay, fact all right, that, fair that enough. I just quicksand, yeah. uh, like can <laughs> a Kryptonian. I'm not gonna so. lie, that quicksand kind of made me happy too, even though it was completely unbelievable. It was just kind of like like where is Dadler, da, uh, Dastardly Dudley, like doing his little <laughs> mustache to the side? You know, he's just so retro action movie bad guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean. It's, well, I guess he couldn't tire to the railroad tracks, so that was the next best thing, right? But I'm pretty sure he would have, because <laughs> where do you find and harvest quicksand? <laughs> like you said, he's been in jail for an hour, for Christ's sake. Like, he had to so set up the desktop of the arcade, he had to find quicksand, he had to, you know, he had to do all this stuff like in just a few hours after being... Thermite quicksand, I wrote that down. Thermite yeah. quicksand. <laughs> And when the friggin' lasers on the friggin' sharks, why is it so friggin' hard to understand? 
Iron Sharks. I don't know. Freaking lasers. Yeah. It's right next to the dynamite on sticks. <laughs> you just <Yes>. keep going. <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on to The Flash, shall we? Flash! On yeah. Flash. Oh. Season 2, Episode 10. Potential Energy. And I just, just real real quick, uh, Aaron Douglas, the guy who played the uh, the turtle in this episode. Chief! Chief from Battlestar Galactica. I'm mad at Chief for, what, for him in this episode. In this episode, he's kind of creepy. <laughs> As the turtle. Kinda? <laughs> yeah, kind of. As the turtle. We find out that Cisco's been tracking this guy since jump. But like, this is white whale. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, he even has that quote from uh, Wrath of Khan, you know, from Hell's Heart, I stab at thee. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I was like, yeah, get him, Cisco. <laughs> well, what I love about this is we've di- we discover that Cisco has like been tracking this whole database of metas that Barry has no idea about or nothing. Right. You know, Cisco has become like the Oracle of the universe. Not, but I mean, you know, to, to be fair, I mean, they're dealing with zoom. They're dealing with reverse flash. They're dealing with a giant hole in the sky. You know, they're a little busy. True. Don't break True. on every level. Maybe might be a problem at some point guy. I think he kind of explained that too. He's like, you know, this was just like a, a thing, you know, that he like an urban legend, but now it's starting to like he's really starting to poke out. You know, we get a really cool dream sequence too of uh, Barry uh, taking Patty out on a date and accidentally saying the rose is on fire because he ran too fast. And uh, then you know they're having a nice dinner or whatever, and then all of a sudden Zoom grabs her, takes her to the rooftop, and drops her off and, you know, to kill her. And, and it really freaked me out because I didn't realize I was watching a dream sequence. Yeah, for and. I. I was like, what the heck? And then I realized it. I was like, whoa. Um, so Patty and Barry kind of have uh, issues in this episode because of these things. You know, Patty knows something's bothering Barry, but Barry, of course, will not tell her. And then Barry decides, you know, at one point of the episode, he is just going to go ahead and tell her that he's the Flash. But as the episode goes on, it turns out that's not really probably a great idea. Well, that, and I just... This was the moment that I think has been the most CW-ish this season, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of upset by it. I really wanted him to reveal at the end there, and he didn't. I don't know. Maybe that was the smarter play, but I don't know. I, I just wasn't I was, happy with it. I was talking to the screen. I'm like, oh, your secret identity is just as secret as the Arrow's secret hideout. You guys are f***ing lame. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, why does everybody have to know? Why? I don't know. It just seems unrealistic to me. Yeah, they do. I mean, I don't know. He he fights his struggles with uh, you know telling Patty, but yet you know Kendra Saunders found out he was the Flash, like a half hour after meeting him or whatever. You yeah, know? right. So yeah. it's kind of a double standard for sure. Mm-hmm. So the turtle is is a guy who is able to slow down time in a, in a, in a fixed field in an area, and he uses this ability to kind of uh, to steal things. The first time the Flash encounters him is at the uh, Central City Police Department where they were showing off that they had recovered these diamonds, and Flash is like, no, no problem, I'll just counter it with my speed, but he is just as affected by the slowdown of time now, as everyone else. I don't remember Turtle in the comics. Is he Was he in... I don't... Anyway, I have to say that not only did they show what his power was, but 
I love the scientific explanation of it, the science fiction of it. The he's it's not he's slowing time down. He's removing all the kinetic energy from the room, from the air, from the people, from everybody to where it actually makes the energy slow time. So I don't know. It's just kind of cool how they did that, and I really love the whole thing with the waves and everything. It was right. really done. Oh, the Flash's fast-moving particles allow him to move somewhat, but not very well. Right. Yeah, in that field. Next time they try to uh, trap the turtles at an art show, Barry is supposed to be there on a date with Patty. But he kind of uh, ditches her to go deal with you know, the, the turtle, what have you. Cisco, you know, is on board, board with him and telling Patty, but Caitlin is kind of doubting. And Harry uh, outright tells Barry not to tell Patty not involved in the side of his life because you know harry of course is dealing with all this stuff with his daughter they go to the art show patty appears and looks good in that dress too i thought very much so uh so did kaylin that was a really nice uh okay her hair sucked balls okay yeah her hair was no good i agree uh, and i'm like you know what if this were another network i would be like oh she's a policewoman she maybe not wouldn't know what to do with her beautiful obviously well taken care for hair no maybe she wouldn't know but that dress was like you would have to get fitted for that dress and that dress would have to be altered if you're going through that much trouble and you're on the cw why would they not have somebody do her hair i mean like something with it yeah they did caitlin's hair the caitlin's hair looked on point yeah what is going on with i don't CW know why they wouldn't do that? her hair yeah. maybe maybe that's how we know officer patty is is like gone <laughs> Because they didn't even bother to get her hair done. They're like, oh, just wear this dress, and then you do the scene, and then get out. <laughs> yeah. Get your check on your way out. Yeah, I should have known. <laughs> uh, the turtle goes in action, and Patty sees him. She tries to pull out her gun, but it's too late. The chandelier above Patty gets uh, shot, and it almost comes down to kill him, and he uh, he, he knocks uh, Barry, pushes through the turtle's force, and saves Patty. But, uh, you know, it takes the chandelier and the turtle gets away, of course. Which, this was the opportunity right here. Mm -hmm. This is where he should have revealed to her, said something, you know, not demask himself or anything, but, you know. Well, like, when he goes over to her apartment later. Right. Barry stops by and he's, like, trying to, he's, you know, Patty's really mad at him because, you know, he, you know, did pull a quick fade on him and everything and didn't even call her, didn't even text her afterwards or whatever. Well, and I thought that scene was projecting itself, but I guess not because I was wrong. Because when she says you better figure it out in a, in a hurry or in a flash or whatever it is she said, right. and he says, I'm really good at in a hurry. Right. I thought he was going to do like a little quick shimmy and all of a sudden he'd be in the flash outfit. But nope, he just, you know. Dawson's Creek out right out the door, you know. I just yeah. And soon after he leaves, she got a she has another visitor, another gentleman caller. Chief. It's, yeah, it's the turtle. Uh, he thinks that you know because the Flash saved her at the art thing that you know he cares for her and he wants yeah, to. So apparently, uh, he knows her boyfriend better than she does. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. And uh, he shows that here's the creepy part where. Um, you know, he'll he'll make he says he'll make her a living monument just as he did to his wife. Yeah. And his wife said I guess is had all the kinetic energy pulled out of her and like time stopped because she just looks like a mannequin. Um that was kind of creepy and cool. 
Barry goes back to Patty's apartment and finds, you know, a few bullets on the ground and the Star Labs guys figure out where the turtle's hideout is. Uh, instead of trying to figure out a plan, he's just like he's going to, you know, go out there and, and save Patty. And decides to wing it. So he goes in there and he makes one run and the gut turtle is able to, like, slow him down and pretty much stop him. And then uh, Barry, like, runs out and runs back to get, build up a little more momentum. And then comes yeah. back. And is able to bust her and break out Patty. The, um, you know, she says, thank you, whoever you are. Now, I thought this would have been a good place, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a good moment. Yep. But she, he, all he would have had to do was pull the mask back, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, we found out we found out in the next scene, you know, Barry talks to Patty. And Patty's like, you know, hey, I found my father's killer. I'm going to go back to college to become a CSI. And she's going to leave. Well, good, because that hair would be perfect for CSI. <laughs> uh we also get um we we also get the scene of harry acting very much like his earth one counterpart going down to the uh reactor where they have the turtle put away and using one of those big injectors in his nose like to take out i don't know spinal fluid brain fluid i don't know it was pretty gross yeah yeah but it reminded me of the part where the um the Earth One Harrison Wall slash Eobor Thon came and took that other guy's power, so right. he could use it to take away uh, Barry's speed. Yep. Remember? Yeah, it made sense though. It was like so. He's kind of when I first saw what they were doing with the turtle. So I'm like, he's kind of the anti-Flash. Instead of him speeding up, he's slowing things down around him. So it kind of makes sense that he would be perfect for experimenting on. Yeah. So I mean, if he. He's using the same kind of thing that other Harrison Wells used to like take his power and yeah. you know, use it on someone else. Maybe he wants to use it on Zoom. You know, so Zoom. Maybe. Yeah. That would make sense. I'll, I'll tell you what. I didn't think I could get any more disappointed in the Jay Garrick Earth 2 Flash character until this episode. It's They made him so lame. Well, they found out he's yeah. going to die. Yeah, I'm just like, come on, really? It's like when when we got the tease of that helmet coming through the portal at the end of last season, I'm like, yeah. And there's been nothing to go, yeah. I'm going to tell you what's going to be, yeah. The only thing that's going to save his life is getting his speed back. So, of course, he's going to get his speed back. Okay? And it's just a matter of time. Yeah, but do we have to drag it out for the whole season? Well, it's CW. They're going for the pathos. They're going for the heartstrings that I don't have. Uh, Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, or, so we see evil them. Caitlin in a few episodes. I don't know if you guys saw that picture, but I did. Dust Storm and, yeah. and, and Killer Frost. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, we know Caitlin Frost. I mean, we know how that goes. I was just waiting to see how that's going to come into play. So now, as much as you see. said that Wally was doing, or um, Barry was doing the Dawson's Creek thing, Wally was very CW this episode. Oh yeah, like the whole I side, totally side thing with Wally and Joe. Joe trying to, yeah. you know, to overcompensate for not being a dad and then not really knowing what to do. And I do like how they ended racing. the uh, end scene of the two of them sitting down to eat Chinese. That I thought that was a good scene to, yeah. to at least redeem it. But yeah, it was way too, way too CW. <laughs> yeah. What? I said, yeah. No, it, I have to remind myself. I have to, when I get to, like, 
angry and old people get off my lawn, like, you know, like, just talking to the screen because everybody's acting like teenagers. I have to remind myself I'm watching the CW. Yeah. And I yeah. am watching the CW. Okay. <laughs> it, well, if you ever forget you're watching the CW, just watch Arrow. They'll always, you know, they'll always remind you every about like 10 minutes yeah. or so. That doesn't <laughs> sound like fun at all. So, <laughs> I watch uh, Supernatural. Hmm. I think they do a good job of making fun of the CW on Supernatural still, though. I've never watched Supernatural. I I keep t- being told I need to, but I've never watched it. We're having the big Excuse Supernatural me. con here in uh, Pittsburgh this year. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. The International Supernatural Fan Convention. You're making me go to Pittsburgh? To- it's in Pittsburgh. Oh, um, listen to Nothing's On. The last episode, Nothing's On. There's a whole segment at the end. It's like, for what they're charging... For like the gold gold circle package and what yeah. they're charging for um art, you know, autographs and stuff like that. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah, no. If I'm not getting to 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 like bank, vanquish demons with Sam and Dean, I'm not paying for the gold package. Well, so. just here, I'll tell you what. Just take a stab. How much do you think the gold circle package is? That's like front row at the at the panels. You get autographs. Seven fifty. Oh, Twelve hundred. The the full like f- front row gold package is is twelve hundred. It's twelve fifty. No, I'm oh, not. I was and, taking and a the, two, in the, dark. the two main dudes are charging one hundred and fifty each for their autographs. That would be Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. Right, right. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> well, J- Donnie Sato's a fan too, and I was like reading these actors' names, and he was like, okay, he was on two episodes. Okay, he was on like two, maybe three episodes. What if they're gonna have a profit on there, dude? Twelve hundred dollars. Hmm. All right. <laughs> and that's not counting you know, the the hotel and everything. Else. The hotel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't, well, I don't blame them. I don't blame them because you know why? Because there are people that are gonna pay it. Yeah. See, like the only reason I I even like looked into that is because my my buddy is a comic artist and he was looking to get a table at that con. Cause he, you know, does some art from Supernatural or whatever. And uh, it's 350 by a table. So In Pittsburgh, that's a lot for a table at a con. That's, yeah. <laughs> so. Is that 350 a day or for the whole con? For the whole con. That's actually not too bad in comparison to, like, some of the Wizard Worlds and other things like Going that. on the blooper reel. Yeah. So I need to go start a GoFundMe. I need to think of a sob story. Go on GoFundMe and get twelve hundred dollars. All right, I have my orders. Thank you. Yeah, they have like uh, you for your twelve hundred bucks, you get the front row at the panels. You get to see like one of the cast members has a band and they're performing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jansen Ackles, yeah. They're performing oh, no, that I... night, so you get that con- a ticket to the concert. You get uh, um, autographs from the two main guys and and a yeah. photo op with each of the two guys. Uh, twelve hundred bucks. I'll be yours. Living large. Uh, so yeah, I give the Flash an A minus. I take a minus, I put a minus on it for the Wally West stuff. There's a little. So, yeah. I mean, okay, I get it. You know, he's a rebellious young man, and he hasn't had an influence of his dad. Okay, totally get it. I I, I give it a B. I, I I I mean, it was a good episode. There, it wasn't a bad story i just it was kind of par for the course for flash and you expect them to you know go under par every single time because that's how they did it the first season you know right 
Um, Flash had some fun moments. I think that hair ruined it for me. I'm going to give it a C. Wow. <laughs> I, I the hair drops it down to a C? You know, when every other character is perfectly dressed and makeup and haired for every scene that you watch them in, and then you see something like this beautiful, you know, thousand dollars worth of dress on this beautiful young actress, and they can't be bothered to f***ing do anything to her hair but part it down the middle? No. That does not stand. I'm not usually this girly, I promise, but that ruined the whole piece for me. The, the turtle can just go turtle himself. I don't even care. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Arrow. <laughs> Arrow, season four, episode ten. Blood deaths. <laughs> okay. The return of anarchy. Yeah. And uh, Arrow, uh, un- uh, unlike in a very unlikely turn of events, saving Damien Dark's kid and wife from anarchy. Kind of bizarre. Um, this episode, as I said, is the return of anarchy, aka Lonnie Matchin. Uh, we start off with Felicity in, uh, in, in what started out almost like an episode of ER. <laughs> They're rushing Felicity down the hall, you know, with uh, the, the, the crash cart and everything. And, and, you know, Oliver's walking behind looking concerned. It's no laughing moment. My heart was in my throat. Uh-huh. Anyway, Felicity is <laughs> convalescing at the hospital, but and everyone's there to be, be you know, to, to to support her, except for Oliver. Oliver's too busy out kicking guys' asses, trying to find Damien Dark because he's mad. I can see both the side of the argument for why he should be there at Felicity's side and his side of the argument of why he's doing what he's doing. So I can't really, you know take one side or the other on that and I felt like they were wanting the viewers to take one side or the other on that but to me what he was doing was making sense for the Arrow and for Oliver who loves Felicity right I think it was it was kind of resonating in all of us just because we've all like I mean take away the hospital equation and the life or death or whatever I mean if you have a really bad flu and the person you love decides to go to work that day instead of waiting on your hand and foot like the good lord intended then you would be really upset and you'd be calling them a couple times you'd be like no i'm fine stay at work you know but you wouldn't mean that crap (laughs) kind of like the campbell's chicken noodle soup commercial with the guy on the couch and he's yeah yeah and here's all your mother yeah yeah you've been there (laughs) it's real uh oliver um detective lance comes through with the uh info on uh, where Dark's lair is. And uh, Oliver shows up and surprise, surprise, our anarchy's already been there. There's all kinds of dead ghosts all over the place and there's a big anarchy symbol drawn in blood. So, uh, anarchy's not only mad at uh, Damien Dark, he's also mad at Thea for disfiguring him. (laughs) I don't know why, but for a minute, I forgot totally who this guy was. Yeah, and, it's from a few episodes ago. And and then it, it, it after he his first little back and forth with Thea, that's when I was like, oh, now I remember. But yeah, I totally forgot Anarchy. I really like that line that Felicity had when she said, I've never been more ready to have a bunch of guys poking around inside of me. 
brilliant. <laughs> like, oh, medical stuff. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in that scene, her hair still looked better than Officer Looks better than Patty's. Well, it's true. She's <laughs> laying in bed in between surgeries. Beautiful. Her hair looks better. Beautiful. Thank you for joining us for Hair Talk <laughs> with Shaniqua. Let's go get our hair did. So they uh, they track they track Lonnie down to try to find Dark and they track Lonnie down to his old house and there he is waiting for them, but he expected Dark to show up, but no, he, he'll he'll have to do a team arrow. Uh, he has a couple of machine gun turrets ready to go. She cornered. Which was brilliant, by the way. I liked how that unfolded. It reminded me very much of like arcade, like the Marvel villain. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I can see it. Yep. Thea corners him. Then Lonnie no, shows no desire to harm him. And in fact, he thanks her for his baptism by fire and even tries to draw out the bloodlust he saw in her last time they fought. And of course, Leah's trying to fight. Uh, Thea's trying to fight against that, of course. It's been a, a theme all, all season. Uh, before she can attack and kill him, though, Laurel comes by with a quick canary cry, and they are able to uh, capture him. Oliver uh, tries to uh, beat some information out of about Dark out of him, uh, but Anarchy doesn't give up anything. He he reaches peak furious Ollie. <laughs> some ver- some very um, ferocious beatings given by uh, Team Arrow this episode. Yeah, because uh, as they're also as they're trying to find information on. Uh, on, on Dark, uh, the, Lonnie escapes uh, the police transport carrying him. How many times does that happen on this show? Right. Like, well, it, it seems like we anybody goes into how... a police transport truck, immediately they're going to escape. Well, we know how competent that the police there are, you know. So, I think Lance is the only one that has any kind of common sense. And sometimes that's lacking. Yeah, I was about to say, you're giving him a little bit more credit than he might deserve on some of those episodes. Poor Lance. Okay. And uh, Diggle wailed on his brother. Yep. Yeah. Eat information out of him. And I that mean, should have been more hard to watch me than it should have been. It was. <laughs> it was funny though when I that that one scene was was almost laughable though when he's like he, he's about to hit him and he goes her name is Felicity and then punches him I'm just like right. Yeah, Come that's on. why it was easy to watch for me. I'm like, oh, Felicity's, you know, she's in the hospital. He gets to get his ass beat. I don't care. But it's uh, Diggle who um, who finally comes to his senses, and he's, he's broken through enough to his brother to talk some sense. And Oliver, he's like, look, you know, you're losing. Were we talking hair again? Because I'm ready. <laughs> oh, whose hair are you going to kiss on now? Laurel's. Yes. Actually, Laurel is the reason that I yell at the screen the most when I'm watching Arrow. I think everybody hates Laurel. Why would I, you not? I actually, and I and I don't like like her, but I like her character more this season than I have in any of the past seasons. But it, what? I, I I do <laughs> I do get kind of disturbed when she does her canary call though. She just looks weird. When she does it, it's just, I don't know, weird. This is the most judgy, useless, whiny. I just, she's just like a negative black hole that takes me out of the show like every single time. Yeah. And then when I saw Legends of Tomorrow, I'm like, you took the wrong canary. Yeah. And then <laughs> but, you see Katie, but then you see hair. Katie Lotz as a white canary and you're like, she kicks so much ass. Wow. Ah. 
Don't get me started on that bitch's hair either. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. What about Ollie's hair during those throwback scenes to the island? I'm fine with the throwback. What products do you have on the island? <laughs> they take White Canary in the future. Cisco has went through the trouble of making this beautiful white suit for her. And then she's over here with this fucking bootleg, bleach blonde, Morticia Adams gel shit going on. No. We're not on Legends of Manana yet, so. I know, but but always talking hair, and I just got all carried away, because I'm very passionate, apparently, about the hair. It's hair talk with Jerry. And now oh, our segment, hair talk with Jerry. <laughs> all right, let's. Jerry breaks the, down the hairstyles of the DC universe. Today. <laughs> Split ends and superpowers. Discuss. You know, can work some conditioner. That's what I'm saying. That trick has that blonde down pat. You know that's not her real hair color, but she conditions it. You would never know. Okay. Uh, Diggle uses a, a lead that he got from his brother. It turns out to pan out, and it's a, one of Dark's homes. When they get there at the mansion, Anarchy already has Dark's family bound and gagged, and a flamethrower in his hands. Um, be ready to have some fun. So, uh, Diggle and Laurel handle Dark's family. Thea and Oliver chase after Lonnie. Uh, their paths diverge when Oliver runs into Damien. They start fighting. And Damien's like, what are you doing here? And Oliver's like, saving your damn family. You know? So, uh, Dark is like, look, you were, you were, uh, you know, you know how this is going to end. You know that you can't defeat me. I'll give you a few more weeks since you saved my family to spend with yours before I end you. Which is bullshit. Yeah. You don't give somebody two weeks to make a contingency plan against your ass. Well, unless you're, like, way too confident that you're going to win. Even just Wax knows, knows that is bullshit. Who's here? Fabulous. <laughs> Dark's hair is good. It's yeah. Good. yeah. Good look. It's a good look. Seriously. Um, Thea chases Lonnie into the woods. Lonnie kind of appeals to her bloodlust side again, and... Uh, before Thea is able to actually kill him this time, he gets away. Uh, Oliver returns to Felicity, and then we get a scene with Damien Dark and his his wife, kind of uh, you know pulling the leash on Dark, huh? saying, "Hey, you know I don't care about this vigilante or whatever. What the hell's going on with this Genesis plan? We got to get on, you know." Promised her a new beginning when they when they came uh, to Star City, and he intends to keep that promise so we end this episode with that same flash forward that we saw a few episodes ago with wall or with a uh, barry and uh and oliver standing by a grave both of them crying oliver is pissed we know it's not felicity well i'm getting to that <laughs> jesus christ man spoilers <laughs> Jeez, spoilers for two minutes from now. Him and Barry stand over the grave, and he's like, you know, I know this isn't my fault, it's my responsibility. I have to kill the son of a bitch. And then Oliver gets into the back of the limo, and waiting for him in the back of the limo is Felicity. So we know it's not Felicity in the grave. And I've been saying since last season that it was Felicity that was going to be in the grave, because you can't have an arrow that's too happy. Right. Because then, what kind of tortured arrow now, do you have? Now you've been proven wrong, and I think my mama smoke theory makes the most sense. All right. Because Lance. Well, yeah, that well, no, no, wait. Lance, Lance betrayed him. Dating, what's his name? Lance. Detective. Yeah, she's dating him. Lance betrayed Dark. This would be a way of Dark getting revenge on Lance and Arrow. I, my guess is either my first guess is smoke, my second is Laurel, and and the second guess is more hopeful. I, I hope yeah, so, Laurel. Say, if we could pray 
to the DC TV gods that Laurel will be six feet under and the Lazarus pit will be closed for renovations and all magic will cease to exist in the DC universe. <laughs> in in, in kal name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm fine with that. This is a decent episode of Arrow, though. I give it a B. I agree. B. Definitely. There was a lot more action than CW crap. I will say, though, I and we've said it like the last few episodes, but I, I'm done with the island flashbacks. I really am. That's why I didn't even mention them in my recap, because I just yeah. didn't care. I, I really wish they would just stop. Find a way to fade it out and be done with it. Or like what Daryl mentioned a, a few episodes back, f- do some flashbacks from other characters that are on the show. Yeah. Or do like like Supergirl. They didn't have to do a flashback to show us Wynn's origin, to show us why he is, how, how, who he is, and how he is. They didn't have to flashback. They showed him in the present what his past was like. Yeah. I'm going to give this show a B plus, and let me tell you why again. <laughs> the scene uh, that you didn't mention... Where Diggle is with his brother, and even though they're on the opposite sides of justice, basically, they agree to disagree. Well, they haven't even agreed to disagree. He just pulls out cards and starts playing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good scene. And, you know, and you don't need dialogue for that. You don't need, you know, anything situational or anything narrating. Any, you just see that. And that's, I mean, that's your family. Most of them are pieces of shit. But at the end of the day, you can still like play some stupid game that doesn't mean anything with them, right? <laughs> so B plus. That was a nice addition. It was subtle. It didn't have to be in there, but I appreciated it. And I do like uh, dark. Um, you know, since you saved my family and all, I'll give you a few weeks with yours, right? <laughs> kind of thing. Sweet. So, uh, shall we move on to the legends? Legends, legends. Your legends. <laughs> God, if I, I've watched that promo so many times. Yeah. I like the way they dealt with that in this episode, though, because I had a, had a bit of a problem with that, but we'll get to it when we get there. So, Legends of Tomorrow, series premiere, pilot. Can't they come up with a better title than just pilot? Come on, guys. <laughs> that shows no imagination at all. Pilot Part 1. Legend Sorry. begins. Yeah, I mean, come on, there you go, Jerry. Jerry nailed it for you. The legend <laughs> begins. Boom, done. Write the check. You're done. You know, pilot part oh. one. Come on, it's boring, man. Go to the can. <laughs> well, um, we get the the opening scene of uh, of uh, the world under Vandal Savage, which is not a very nice place. It's a, Savage and some of the stormtroopers marching around. They, they kill a woman, and then they he asks this little boy, he's like, are you foolish, or are you brave like your father? And the boy spits in Savage's face, and Savage kills him. Very savage. That's Savage by well, nature. It, savage cuts by away nature. And it cuts away, and you see gunfire. You don't really see him kill the kid. Yeah, he, but you do see, later you see his father killing. holding his dead body, so. Right. I don't think that's the right network to kill children on, like, on air. No, I don't think there is a good network for that. Anyway, <laughs> um, the the show then opens. Uh, after that, uh, we see uh, Rip Hunter standing before the Time Lords. I mean, I'm sorry, Time Masters. masters. But it's I'm sorry, Masters, not Lords. Rory. Time <laughs> right? Lords, Masters. Got it, got it, yeah. 
you can definitely tell that Rory was very heavily influenced by his time on Doctor Who well, in the way he plays Rick Hunter. You know, if you're going to have a British guy and you're going to have time travel and it's a guy who used to be on Doctor Who, then you're going to oh, get Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not complaining. I loved every second of it. I'm just saying. It's so obvious. It's so derivative. And I was getting that very first scene with the time council. I was getting it. And he even throwing in the trench coat. I was getting such a heavy sense of flashback of of, um, the Highlander. Mm. Where you have the watchers. And they're vowing to watch. Because that's fun or something. (laughs) And the entire order is meant just just to record. Just to observe, yep. not to have Watchers. anything to do. Right. Creepers. <laughs> not to have anything Watchers. to do with Watchers. what actually happens. And then Joe Dodd halt. So. Uh, yeah. What it oddly reminded me of was the opening mm-hmm. of the very first Superman movie. Okay. Marlon Brando is like trying to tell everybody, look, dudes, you know, if we don't get our shit together, it's all going to get you know messed up. And all the people are just like, yeah, whatever. Mer, mer, mer. You know, he's like, hey, Vandal Savage is like taking over everything. and But they, of course, the Time time Lords, I mean, Time Masters are, are yeah, vowed <laughs> not to, ma- I mean, it would be the last time I make that mistake, I'm sorry. Uh, they vow, you know, taking a vow not to mess with a time stream or whatever. Rip Hunter's like, screw that. <laughs> he grabs a, a, a Wave Rider a time ship and goes off to recruit his Legends of Tomorrow. Which include, and we, we get these guys in, in a nice opening sequence, you know, little bits of each of them as he's picking them up from whatever they're doing. Uh, the first scene is Ray Palmer as the Atom, uh, flying around the inside of a circuit board uh, of Hive, uh, one of the Hive computers, uh, while Oliver is talking to him by you know remote or whatever, trying to guide him through. Uh, he pops out and grows as he grows out of the of the computer and starts whooping on some ghosts. And as soon as he does that, Rip Hunter's there. He's like, hi, how you doing? And I'm going to show you this men in black thing, and you're going to come with me. <laughs> Somebody said I'm not... Didn't he say something like I'm, like I'm not a combatant? Or didn't he say something like I'm not... Yes, I'm not here to fight you. I'm not one of the combatants. Yeah, and then he flashes him in the face. Right. Um, Next, we see uh, Sarah Lance in a bar in Tibet, and uh, she is in the middle of another bar fight, and she does quite a few this episode. Uh, <laughs> she's for Rory, not Rory, to take. Okay? She's the mm-hmm. sister I can stomach. Yeah. Yeah, I like her. She's but Plus, no. she's more believable in a fight scene. I don't know if it's, she's trained more or because she was a dancer, it has more of a... <laughs> She has more of an athletic, like lean build. I can I can take yes. more in a fight scene than I can moral. Totally agree, but girl, that hair. That hair, okay. It looks like full <laughs> toothpaste. It looks like somebody somebody split it down the middle, pulled toothpaste through it, so it'd be gross and nasty. <laughs> the room, oh my God. And just let it hang. And I'm like, Cisco designed this costume for you, Trick. You have every right to flaunt and to rock this. And what do you do? All right, I'm done with that. Go ahead. <laughs> you guys oh, know. Then we get we get um, Martin Stein and Jefferson Jackson, aka Firestorm. 
we get Kendra Saunders and Carter Hall. Hawk Girl and Hawkman. And Leonard Snart and McRory. Captain Cold and Heatwave. They all wake up on a rooftop where Rip Hunter has assembled them. And uh, we get the uh, the speech that he gives in the preview uh, um, that we saw, you know, months and months and months ago, pretty much. You know, come save the world as you're supposed to and become legends with me. So um, he said, you know, meet me here in, was it 36 hours or something at this address? Yep. If you want to go. Um, Ray talks to Oliver about it. And then uh, Ray is like, you know, look, man, I, I died and you know, nothing changed. You know, my you know, media did change nothing. Uh, he wants, you know, so I really, you know, this is something I want to pursue. So Oliver kind of gives him his blessing. You know, he's kind of has some misgivings about, you know, you know, who's this guy? Where he's coming, you know, from the future and everything like that. Uh, we get uh, um, Kendra and uh, Carter talking for a while and they decide to fight. And whoever wins the fight chooses whether they go or not. That was some saucy foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I gotta I say, I know, I know, I know. Everybody busts on her for having like a lot of teeth, but Kendra Saunders is a very, very attractive young lady. I, I, I put her in that costume and get her ready to fight, dude. And I'm like, I would watch this brawl. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah I've talks to Laurel about her teeth. I'm, oh yeah, she oh, looks geez. like she's got a horse teeth, but it's she fine. Has big teeth. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's beautiful. I think. Oh, I think she's, she's beautiful, beautiful too. But uh, yeah. she's white. Hey, yeah, Same. horses need love. Hey man, there's some beautiful horses. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Sarah Sarah uh, talks to Laurel. Ugh. They fight, and then Laurel just happens to have a Cisco made white canary costume all ready for her to go. Right. Yeah, so she wants to her out. Right. Uh, and Captain Cold talks Heatwave into doing it, pretty much. You know, because Captain Cold's like, hey, think of all the cool shit we could steal if we were going all through time. You know. We... I like their characters even more now. And I They're like them. Together. I love them. Yeah, they are really good. I mean, I the one... actor chemistry break they're they're awesome together i love yeah. them too and the one's the thinker and one's the doer obviously the only uh mis- person who really doesn't want to go is jefferson and to get around this problem professor stein drugs his drink and gives him a roofie knocks him out uh, thanks cw <laughs> yeah right right there's like here's date rape drugs y'all it's cool go to the future yeah, <laughs> To go to the future. <laughs> go to the past. <laughs> go to the past. There you go. You can go to the 70s. Now, yeah. come on. <clears throat> now, they did that to B.A. and the A-team every single episode to get him on a plane. So, it's you know, it's okay. Yeah, oh, no. No, I'm fully for date rape drugs to kidnap people and <laughs> time travel with them. Yeah, that's on my resume. <laughs> That's what they told me that we were going to time travel. That's not what happened, though. I did wake up a couple days later, but that wasn't time travel. They go to the, they go to the address given to them by Rip Hunter, and there's nothing there because the Wave Rider has been camouflaged. And as they fly off, these two dudes who see the whole thing are standing there, and this guy who looks... Uh, it's funny because the one guy calls him Darth Vader, and the other guy... Snart later calls him Boba Fett, and I thought both things when I saw him. I was, I thought Captain Phasma. Yeah. Oddly enough. <laughs> but uh, he comes up and he checks to see if these two dudes are integral to the timeline. 
They're not, so he kills them. Um, the Wave Rider goes back to October 1975, uh, St. Rock, New Orleans, the neighborhood that Kendra and uh, Carter live in, in, in modern times. Um, they get there uh, to talk to this guy named Aldous Boardman, who we saw in an episode of Arrow, the same episode that yes. produced Hawkman. Oh, and, yes. Right, on the, on the beta tape. Yes. Yeah. The introduction of AV Man. <laughs> Professor Boardman breaks down like all the backstory that we already saw in the Arrow Flash crossover. <laughs> and then we find out that not only is he really fascinated by all this, he is also the son of Carter and Kendra in past lives. I thought that was so cool. I yeah. Loved it. yeah, I liked it. That was that was a, a cool twist there. While the uh, while this is going on. Captain Cold, Heatwave, and uh, the White Canary decide to go out and have a few beers. Uh, they go to a bar. They get some beers. They play uh, Captain and Tennille. This threatening biker guy pretty much threatens to rape her, right, uh, rape uh, White Canary right there. And then she kind of retorts, and, you know, you're not my type, but you're a lady over there. She's looking mighty fine. <laughs> and just totally messes with this guy. It was great. Uh, yeah, that was a great scene. And then they start to fight. And she, at first, she looks over. He waving Captain Cole. She's like, "I got this." And she's like beating him up. And then more guys show up. And she goes, "Okay, now I could use some help." And they're super happy. They're like, "Damn!" Oh yeah, like, especially like, he's like, oh, he's like, he like wipes the bar with the guy, and he's like, "I love the '70s." <laughs> right? While that is going on, Jax is still in, at the Wave Rider at the ship, um, kind of just standing there. He's trying to talk Gideon to take him back. To his regular time, beginning and having it, and while that's going on, Kronos attacks the Wave Rider, and as that's going on, because they're connected, Stein gets a headache. He realizes that Jax is in trouble, and brings the rest of and and the rest of the group goes back to the ship. And sure enough, the ship is under attack by uh, by Kronos, like, looking much like a, uh, a bargain basement Boba Fett. Uh, Boardman, Professor Boardman, gets hurt. In, in the fight, in the, but they get them on the wave rider and into the medical bay, and then they hop into the uh, the wave rider and take that take off into uh, temporal space, which is Professor Stein was so awesome in that scene, that whole yeah, scene. oh yeah, good. they saved him and and, uh, and ran and, and all that yeah. Um, they get back to the ship and they get a, they get some answers from Rip Hunter that they uh, first of all. Not so much that they're all legends, it's that they... Yeah, not really, the answers they wanted yeah, at all. <laughs> not exactly what they wanted to hear. First of all, they find out that Rip Hunter is no longer a Time Master. He just has the time ship because he's trying to get, go after Vandal Savage because the woman and child we saw at the beginning of the episode were his wife and child. And uh, his son pretty much just died in his arms, and he promised he would take out Vandal Savage. And then, you know, his face would be the last thing Savage saw on this earth. Also, he explains to them that they're... In fact, the opposite of legends, as Jax puts it, that he gets them from the time stream because they are not integral; they're insignificant to the timeline. Yet so powerful, right. you'd be able to get this eight, you know, this eight, this team of eight superpowered people without hurting the timeline. So there were footnotes, if that. Right. Yes. So that kind of bums everybody out, especially Ray, because uh, like the whole reason he came along was to give him like a purpose, right? To make a mark on things, because after he died, he realized what little. Um, you know, he, he, you know, impact he had on the world. And now he realized, you know, he's being told that he literally did not have any impact on the world at all. So, um, 
they all the group all breaks off into smaller groups to kind of make their own decisions whether they're going to stay or go. Criminals couldn't care less. They've been bad in their time and they're happy to be, you know, as yeah. uh, he way puts it, I like killing people. So yeah. Captain Cold is like, was... yeah, so now we're, we're in for now. Um, my favorite line. Sarah <laughs> makes the people. point that, you know, if they can change history, maybe they can change their own history, you know, and their own fates. Um, it's kind of what Ray racist too, you know. Um, he'd rather try, you know, have a chance to, to change, you know, this like nothing uh, future you say that I have, you know, rather than accept it. So they all, they all cast their fate with, with Rip Hunter. He, uh, they, they plot a course for where they think uh, Savage's next location will be, which is Norway, 1975, trying to take advantage of the Cold War. We see Norway, 1975, and we see Savage carrying a weapon, nuclear, nuclear style, and going off going off about how, you know, the Renaissance wouldn't have happened without the Dark Ages, nuclear power wouldn't have happened without World War Two, and that is why, you know, I have to, you know, do these things to help mankind move forward, so. And that is the end of Pilot Part 1. I guess next week we get Pilot Part 2 um, of Legends of Tomorrow. I enjoyed it. For a pilot, I'd say a solid B+. I mean, it pretty much, I love the whole Ocean's Eleven feel at the beginning of him pulling them all together and everything. And everything that we saw, but it was all obvious table setting. They they are giving us right. this the setting and there's nothing wrong with that it's just very pilot and that's right what i have to say i i do like the promise that the show has from what we've seen i think it's gonna go somewhere what about you jerry what'd you think i feel like it was all set up but like i mean it's not a necessarily a bad thing but for for an episode i would give it a b but that's not saying I won't stay tuned and watch more of it. I like how they introduced all the characters. I just think there was literally so much to do in this one hour mm-hmm. that I was just expecting to, to be intrigued by it. I wasn't expecting this to be the end all be all super, you know, entertainment event or whatever. This was what it needed to be. It grounded us in the universe or universes <laughs> that we're going to be covering now. It's given us enough on all the characters, even without watching all the other series, I'd have enough to start with. And it's showing us the, not only is he working against Vandal, but he's also working against the Time Masters. I mean, he's not even sanctioned on this mis- uh, this mission. So it's not even that he's fighting the forces of good, or fighting the forces of evil. He might be fighting the forces of good at times, or, you know, trying to keep them away from him anyway. So that was intriguing as an episode of B as a pilot, probably an A or as a pilot ensemble piece, I should say, probably an A. Hmm. I give it a B. I, th- I thought it was solid. I thought it suffered from what I like to call pilotitis. Yeah. Like you're saying, like being like, like right. full, cram full yep. of, of stuff yep. that they have to set up. I like I give them a blank check that first episode. <laughs> And uh, that's yeah, that's I, I thought it was solid, and I really I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Because I mean, the sky's the limit with this; they could really do so much with it. Okay, sweet. Thanks, thanks for joining us again, Jerry. I really appreciate you being on. No problem. Also, your insights to hairstyles in the shows. We, you know, yes, 
We would have totally glossed over all that if you hadn't been here. So, you know, like I said, I'm not a big stickler on aesthetics, but if you're just going to have that hair that out of place, I'm going to have to call bullshit. So, awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us, Jerry. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you can catch Jerry on the Comic Rack Snark Fest. Yep. Uh, talking comics and all kinds of other fun stuff. And, uh, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. No problem. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. And since I hog all the fun of doing all the recaps all the time, I thought I would share the love a little bit and let uh, let Rich do this one for I Zombie, uh, season two, episode ten. Okay, yeah, episode ten, method, which uh, I this was kind of a corny but really fun episode of I Zombie. Um, kind of, I'm trying. We started to out kind of where we left it last time with um, with Ravi figuring out that the the cure is um, isn't permanent. Is, is is you know the the uh, his uh, rat new hope kind of reverted back to being a zombie. The first thing is Robbie sitting uh, Liv and Major down to tell them both that the Major is probably going to revert to being a zombie again, and Liv and Major just broke up. So he's <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't know about he it. doesn't know. So it was pretty awkward. And then the next scene after that is I'm telling Blaine, and then they cut to the opening sequence. There's a uh, shooting of an actor on Liv's favorite show, Zombie High. And uh, Libby's the brains, and then it kind of puts her in the in the show itself. Uh, and she and Liv is like already a fangirl of the show, so working on this, and she gets back together with Clive in this episode too, kind of, which is weird. They didn't talk about that more. Yeah, and now once we got into the whole zombie high stuff, I really that's where it was kind of corny, but I liked it at the same time because it made me think of us and Walking Dead, you know, and how we follow every little thing with the characters, and we know, you know, this, that, and the other, and it, I don't know, it was just kind of funny, I thought. So, and it turns out that the the was it the actor that got killed. Had, was secretly making his own sex tapes and then he released one of them, but under the guise that his laptop had been stolen from his trailer. And mm-hmm. so that, that puts the, the, was it a producer? No, it was the actor, the lead actress puts her like in the crosshairs as a suspect, but then right. it, it goes from her to then it's the, uh, sus- they suspect, um, well, they briefly suspect the prop master and then they suspect, um, the co-actor, the, the other leading male, right? Be- because he's being written out of the show so that they can move the show to Los Angeles. Cause the actor that got killed, wanted his movie career to take off. So he wanted more Hollywood exposure. This gave them a lot of opportunity to like make fun of themselves too. Right. I mean, right. Like, oh yeah. They talk about, you know, um, you know, why they're filming in Seattle. If it takes place in Portland tax breaks, which, you know, I zombie yeah. is based in Seattle, but they shoot in Vancouver for the same reason. Right. Um, you know, they were talking about how, you know, about fan, you know, like shipping, you know, Robbie was talking about, you know, the shipping right. that carries, they weren't dead. Um, well, doesn't even Clive say at one point about who would be believe a show about zombies or something like right, that? Right, who would right. follow a zombie character or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. Oh, uh, well, while that's going on, Blaine is getting back in business. 
the one of uh, his chief uh, Blaine's chief guys, like you know the customers game Restlessly Miss Natalie, and uh, Blaine's like you know it's not just gonna be a new zombie hooker under the tree, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. But uh, there was there you know so Blaine is getting back in business and he's pretty happy actually it seems like about becoming a zombie again. Yeah, he's a little overjoyed when he gets that news, I think. And then also now, what's Clive's girlfriend's name? The, Dale. Dale shows up, questions him at the funeral home, but then um, sees the sketches that Clive has and then turns into the whole, I just saw this guy. Yeah, yeah. So. This happens out of the sketches sitting around, so. Right, well, because he has that whole file on the meet you case that he can't let go. Right. So. Uh, Major but, is working on getting closer to Von Duclark. Um, he gives him, like, a fitness tracker or whatever. Um, it has a secret mic built inside of it. He's trying which to I thought was kind of genius on his part. Finally, just something smart. Right. And Major is, you know, usually, you know, a blunderbuss when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know? This is just like, that was pretty slick. Also, was this episode, did they air this out of order or something? Cause well, what happened was they they, had, they showed Cape Town, and this is actually episode 10. They've only yeah. showed it, they haven't showed episode 9 yet. They showed episode 8, and then there was nothing, and then they showed this during the break. And so I guess they're going to show episode 9 when they come back yeah. in February. So, because um, it just was weird that it's a few weeks after Christmas and then this took place during Christmas week in the show, so that's why I was like, Should this have aired earlier? Or? Yeah, it's, I don't know why they put them out of order or whatever. Yeah, there's uh, you know, living, living major kind of make up when uh, major gives Liv a Christmas gift and Clive yeah. and Liv kind of make up when they become partners again after you know what happened in the Cape Town episode or whatever, which I'm glad they didn't drag that out. I I, yeah. I think it was done very well, and I'm glad that that's kind of behind them, you know. And it's always something the the trust issue is something they can revisit again, you know. So yeah, so that was that was pretty much this episode of uh, of I Zombie. Yeah, you know, I mean, other than a few shifting of uh, of plot pieces for the overall story arc, there wasn't a whole lot in this show other than just the meta trope making fun of with the zombie high stuff you know right exactly. so i mean i get i give the show this this episode a b minus you know it was good enough to where it informed some of the stuff with the characters like i said for the overall season story arc but just as an episode by itself it was meh yeah yeah i agree i give it a c i just thought it was it was just kind of the more more procedural is not what I care about in this show. So when I went more procedural, I just don't. Right, right. Don't like them as much. So um, just a couple of few, uh, a couple of news tidbits real quick. Uh, DC TV podcast is our Facebook group. Please join us. We're almost up to two hundred members now, and that would be awesome if we hit two hundred. Now the new shows are back in stride. Uh, we already talked about the Suicide Squad uh, uh, trailer. Uh, Batman Bad Blood, the latest uh, digital HD release from the uh, uh, Warner Brothers Animation just came out. Uh, we should have a review by the next time we uh, we record DCTV podcast. But it just came out in digital. Uh, it's directed by Jay Oliva, who did uh, who cut his teeth back on the old uh, Justice League cartoon uh, with Bruce Timm or whatever. So that's pretty cool. 
Uh, I'm going to try to say her name, and I'm not going to know. I'm, I know I'm going to mess it up, but Megalyn Etchikanoke, Etchikanoke, No, that's not nice. Uh, is playing who played Vixen in the uh, the CW Seed cartoon is coming to Arrow in real life. So that's cool. Uh, very striking woman and a cool character. So, yeah, um, really interested in that. We also got a preview this week that uh, Mr. Eobard Thawne is going to be back in our next episode of The Flash. I don't know how that's possible, but you know, time travel, a lot of things can happen, right? Yep. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so just you know, like I said, just a few news tidbits like that right there. If you want to keep up on all the DC TV news and uh, a lot of good discussion and a lot of fun stuff, then by all means join the DC TV podcast Facebook group. Um, there, you know, there are a lot, a lot of things, good things going on there. Um, definitely want to do that. If you enjoy geeky podcasts, I imagine you would because you're listening to this one now for over two hours, almost two hours now. Um, then by all means go the first place you want to go is hwlod.com you can catch the walking dead tv podcast there which will be back into full swing once the walking dead kicks in i think it's going to be valentine's day as the premiere uh, yep. this, this year uh which is pretty funny and fitting in a weird way and then uh, uh we also have uh, the black box there we have uh, um the blind buy we have a lot of uh, cool podcasts there check it out also, uh, TaylorNetworkPodcast.com is a good place to go for more geeky podcasts. You can check out Jerry's podcast there, the Comic Rock Snark Fest. You can check out one of my podcasts there, Nothing's On, uh, which I do with Daryl Taylor and Donnie Salvo. Um, that's where we have the discussion about the uh, the, the um, Supernatural Con, if you want to hear even more about that. Uh, check out the latest episode of Nothing's On. You know, no apologies there, JK's Happy Hour. So many good, good, cool, geeky podcasts for all your good, cool, geeky interests. Go there and check that out. Uh, also, let us know in the Facebook group how you feel about the new intro to the show. I cut a new intro to the show. You may have noticed um, when we came in to this episode. If you like it, I'm keeping it. If not, I'm, well, I'll make something else. So, by all means, tell me what you thought about the new opening. Um, and until next week, I think that we're ghosts. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thanks, man. And we'll talk to you later.